This is Parsha Panorama. This week's Parsha is Parsha Tzav, and it is an early edition of Parsha Panorama, as we have plenty of Pesach content to get to, as this Shabbos is Shabbos Hagadol, and also Erev Pesach. And what's interesting is the last time we did an early Parsha Panorama, it was actually for Parsha's Tzav, in anticipation of Purim, which was later that week. And it's interesting because there is a very basic connection between Tetzaveh and Sav. And it is not just in the Shoresh of the two words, which both is the Lushen of Tzivuy, which is the Lushen of Command, which will be significant, but there is much more to be said about that, as we will get to very soon. But in terms of this week's Parsha, we are picking up from the discussion that we just had in Parsha Svayikra. But as I mentioned last week, there are some basic and obvious questions that if you're paying any attention to what we read last week and you're paying any attention to what you're reading this week as you look through the Parsha, hopefully you have enough time to be Mabir Sedra, even though you're doing all of your Pesach preparations. If you're paying any attention, you'll be bothered by this question. And the question, very simply, is... What exactly is Tzav adding to the previous Parsha? Parsha Zvayikra literally just described a bunch of Karbanos. And if you look close enough, you don't, I mean, you don't, you don't have to be like, you know, analyzing it so deeply to notice this. But Parsha Tzav seems to be discussing the same exact Karbanos. And that said, then what, what in fact is Parsha Tzav adding to Vayikra? It's just, it's just a very basic question. Parshas Vayikra starts off talking about the Karban Ola. And then Parshas Tzav starts off, it talks a little bit about the Truma Sadeshin, which is something that we'll have to get to, what exactly that is. But then the Chumash says in Zos Torah Ola, this, the, the, this is the teaching of the Ola. And it just talked about the Karban Ola in Parshas Vayikra. And we find the same thing for the Karbanos Mincha. We find the same thing for the Karban Chatas, the Asham, the Shlamim, all of them. So what exactly is happening? Why, why are we describing the Karbanos again? Well, what didn't we say in the previous Parsha? So that's one basic, basic question. So, um, and we understand now, as we spoke about last week, that the reason why we're talking about Karbanos in the first place, coming off of Parsha's Vayikra, which was talking about Karbanos which is coming off of Parsha Svayakil and Bikude, which was talking about the completion of the Mishkan. Now that we have a completed Mishkan, we need to know what to do with the Mishkan. What do you do in a Mishkan? And we explained that according at least to the Rambam, and no one would really um, argue with this, but at least one function of the Mishkan is that it's a Beis Avoda. It's a, it's a house where you do worship. You have ritual temple service to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's the It's the center for our connection to Hashem. And even though you might argue about the emphasis, what exactly is the role of the Mishkan? We, we, um, we spoke out the Ramban in the past, Rashi. But the point is that now that we have a Mishkan, here's what to do with it. This is the place where we are restored to our, our spiritual and former glory. Now that we have our connection to Hashem again, we have mended the relationship. And now we are Hashem's Mamlechas Kwanim Kadosh. Now we want to serve Hashem Karbanos. So that was where we left off. So the question is, where are we going now into Parshas Tzav? Now, before we assume that Parshas Tzav is completely superfluous, there are some additional bits 
that we for sure get in Parshas Tzav. Even though it seems that we're just discussing Karbanos that we already discussed, we'll have to answer that question. But there are some other things that Tzav does bring that we did not see in Vayikra. So not to fully think that, you know, that Tzav has nothing new to offer, but we, for example, the Trumas Hadashen, which is the first Avodah that's discussed, which literally means the elevation of the ashes, that the first Avodah of every single day was actually to clear off the Mizbeach and remove the ashes of the previous day's Avodah. Very fascinating how that itself became an Avodah, but this was something that, that Kohanim would, um, you know, they, they, they would almost fight over perhaps to get to get to do that first avoda of the day, it was considered a very special avoda, something which we might think of as glorified maintenance work. This was something that the Kohanim held in very high esteem. So we have the 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 Trimas Hadeshin is one thing we mentioned last week among the Karbanos Mincha and, and it was really within the Karban Shlamim. So there was one Karban that the. Uh, at least in Vayikra, the Parshas Vayikra did not tell us about. It was the Karban Toda. Now, the Karban Toda was a kind of Karban Shlamim. We spoke about the significance of each Karban last week. What is so special about an Ola? What's the difference between an Ola and a Mincha? What's the difference between an Ola, Mincha, and a Shlamim? And how about a Karban Chatas versus a Karban Asham? If you want a basic guide to understanding the Karbanus, what each one represents, you have to go back and listen to Parsha Panorama for Parshas Vayikra. But in the meantime, the Karban Toda, which literally means a thanksgiving offering, Toda, or, um, you know, we have like Mizmor Lesoda, um, which um, we don't say on Erev Pesach um, or on Pesach because that Karban was brought from Chametz, which is um, really an anomaly when it comes to Karbanos. There are really only a couple of, of Avodas that include Chametz. Which is, uh, which is very interesting going into Pesach to think about right now, as the Chumash tells us in this week's Parsha and in last week's Parsha that no chametz was offered on the Mizbeach, um, again, barring the, the couple of exceptions. But the Karban Toda was accompanied by Menachos, and among the Menachos we had loaves of chametz along with the different loaves of matzah. A lot of significance between the different kinds of uh, menachos that were brought. Um, I, I have material written on this connecting the carbon toda to Purim, and my brother Rav Daniel has his own uh, material written on, on this topic, which actually connects it to Pesach. And we, we, we both have a lot to say on this issue. We've, we've discussed this issue at length. But all of that said, the Karban Toda is not introduced until Parshas Tzav, which might tell us a little bit, maybe perhaps, what Tzav is adding, um, which we'll have to get to. Uh, but the, the Karban Toda is, an, is a new addition. Another addition we have is a lot of extra halachos, as we'll get to. We'll see a lot of halachos about Karbanos are sprinkled throughout Parshas Tzav that we didn't have previously. And also, going back to the connection to Parshas Tetzaveh, so Parshas Tetzaveh does actually find its match in Parshas Tzav. It finds its actualization. We spoke in the past about how, um, how Parshas Truma was the conception of the Mishkan, the command, and then the actualization of that command, of the construction of the Mishkan, took place in Vayakel. Similarly, we said that in Tetzaveh, we had the Big Day Kahuna, the Big Day Kahuna, which were described, they were conceptualized, they were commanded, 
we were commanded to manufacture them, and that manufacturing process took place in Parshas Pekude. So, continuing on that theme, Parshas Tetzave also featured the command, the instructions for the miluim, or the the inauguration, or the investiture, or the process, the procedure for the, um, the inaugural process of the Kohanim, into their kahuna. So that command all takes place in real time in Parshas Tzav. And might be related the fact that when um, Hashem instructs Moshe Rabbeinu in Parshas Tetzaveh with the Lashon of Yatah Tetzaveh and you shall command, that was a command regarding the Bnei Israel, but not just that, everything that would be pertaining to the Kohanim, Moshe is commanded to command others. And then we find in the beginning of Parshas Tzav uh, a unique introduction where Hashem speaks to Moshe Vedabr Shem Moshe Lemor Tzav Es Bnei Aaron. So, um, so Moshe Rabbeinu is commanded all the things that the Kohanim have to know. And this is where we are starting to get to the actual role of Parshas Tzav and what it adds to Vayikra. I'll tell you in just a moment. Let us first um, lay out all of the different components of Parshas Tzav, and then we'll get going. So Parshas Tzav gives us, I, I, I put it um, into six paragraphs this year. Um, and I say this year because I used to give this, uh, this shear um, in the past before we started it, um, before we made it into a podcast. Um, I used to have more se- segments to this parsha, but I, I condensed it a little more. Starts off with the Torah Ha'ola, the procedure for the Karban Ola, with, um, and the, along with that is the Trumas HaDeshen, which we spoke about a little bit. And, you know, it seems that we, we learn a lot from the fact that the Kohanim, the, uh, who are the highest and most lofty people in our nation, and yet they, 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 they do acts of cleaning up. They, you know, if anyone thinks, oh, that's a job that's too, too menial for me, so maybe you should, you know, get down, you know, roll up your sleeves and, do, and, and, you know, clean something up because that's something that um, even the Kohanim did. We should be inspired by that. So then we have, after that, section two, we have the Torah HaMincha, which um, also, uh, the, you know, the procedure for the carbon Mincha, which contains the special Minchas Kohen, which um, I believe is also known as the Minchas Chinuch, um, uh, not to be mistaken for the Sefer, the Minchas Chinuch, which is a commentary on the Sefer HaChinuch, but the inauguration offerings that any, um, any Kohen that starts a Voda for the first time, he begins with the Minchas Chinuch, um, or the Minchas Kohen. It's the, first, um, it's the first thing that he does when he's, um, whenever a Kohen is going to do his first Voda for the first time. Then, section three, we have the Torah Sechatas, which again, you're, you're wondering, and you should be wondering, is we just spoke about the Karbanos, why are we talking about the Karbanos again? So we'll get to that. But the Torah Sechatas, the rules for the Karban Chatas, also including um, the, the, all the rules, the Halachos of Blios, of Kadshei HaKadoshim, all the holiest kinds of offerings, which are the ones that basically a regular Yisrael who is offering that carbon cannot partake and consume of the carbon. That's Kodesh Kadashim, it's Holy of Holies. And this, ha- this comes with a lot of special rules about blios, meaning um, absorptions. Whenever something um, comes into contact and there is a transmission of flavor between the two things, 
So something that might have otherwise been mundane will take on the status of holiness. So that um, that's that's immediately relevant to the to the rules of the carbon chatas. After that, in section four, we have the Torah ha'asham, um, the, which is the guilt offering, which we spoke about. What's the difference between a guilt offering and a sin offering? You have to go back in time to last week. And among the rules for the asham, the Chumash describes what I refer to as the Kohen's cut. Um, you know, for, um, for certain karbanos, the Kohen got a cut, the Kohen got to eat from some of it. Even when B'nai Israel would not be able to, the Kohen got a special portion. And in section 5, we have what I, um, um, the section of the Torah's Hashlamim. The, the, um, for, so this is the, the feast peace offering, the Zevach Hashlamim. And in there we have the Karban Toda. We also have um, different um, kinds of Karbanos uh, between Nedarim and Nedavos. Some Karbanos that you offer as a pledge, some that you offer as a gift. Um, the um, Chazal basically differentiate between the two that... Um, um, you know, the, on the one hand, a, um, a person can obligate himself to bring an unspecified carbon, that I have to bring a carbon now, and that you pledge to bring a carbon, or a person can specifically isolate one particular animal, for example, and say, this is a carbon that I owe. And basically, um, the question is um, really the difference between what in halacha is often, and lamdas is often referred to as gavra and chefza, is the obligation on the person, or is it on the specific item? Um, I believe nedarim refers to the object. I believe nedava uh, refers to uh, the person. The person has to, um, has to now do, um, offer the karban. Um, please, someone um, correct me if I made a mistake on that. And if I did, you reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's thedata, then base, B-E-I-S, at gmail.com. Same place if you want to make any sponsorship or ask any question or make any comment. Um, so that's the place to go. And finally, actually not finally, um, among the rules for the Torah Shlomim, the Chumash actually, and there's a very specific reason why I put this here. It's the same reason why the Chumash put it here. The rules, many, many rules for the consumption of carbonos. So we have, we have here um, pigle, which basically, um, it's often translated as a rejected offering. It basically refers to a carbon that a person, among, uh, while slaughtering the carbon, um, had in mind the wrong time for when to eat it. And so that, that, that um, disqualifies the carbon. There's rules about eating the carbon when you're tamay, eating the dam, the blood, or the chaylev, the forbidden fats of the carbon. The rules for the seder tenufa, literally how you're supposed to wave the carbon around, the body of the carbon itself. And the Chumash also gives us a summary of the role of the kohanim and the list of the carbonos. And finally, finally, now we get to section six. We have the miluim of the kohanim, literally the inauguration or the filling of the kohanim. Um, when you when you fill someone with their role, so the word miluim is the word that's used to refer to the investiture of the kohanim. There, the chumash describes the the tevila process, tevila with a base tevila, the uh, the immersion, uh, the hamshacha, their anointment. There's a parachatas that had to be offered. There's the el hamiluim, the special ram of the inauguration. And then there were seven Yemei Hamilum, seven days of the inauguration. And that is where the Chumash at least closes out Parshas Tzav. So, what exactly is Parshas Tzav about? If 
you're, you know, if you're being careful and you look closely at the difference between Vayikra and Sav, you'll notice that although Vayikra introduces us to the world of Karbanos and gives us a basic um, overview of Karbanos, Parshas Tzav gives us the detailed procedures for the Karbanos and the Avoda that is described in Vayikra. Moreover, we have the fulfillment of the Amemi Luam, which was described in Tzav. But when we talk about, for example, the Karban Ola, if Vayikra tells us about the Karban Ola, so Tzav tells us about what's referred to as the Torah's Ha'ola. The Torah's Ha'ola is specifically the paragraph that describes the procedure, literally the teaching of the Ola. The reason why the Torah's Ha'ola is significant, as the Gemara tells us, that there are certain mitzvahs that we're unable to fulfill for whatever reason. We say in our Musaf, um, every Yom Tov, that we're unable to fulfill our obligations of offering Hashem the Karbanos, and this is because of our Averos, Rahman al we don't have a base in Megdash. Hashem should be rebuilt this year. But that said, as the Navi Hoshea says in Shama Parms Fasenu, that we daven that at the very least our lip service, as it were, can be a fulfillment of that which we owe in Karbanos. And with that said, the, the Gemara tells us that someone who learns and verbalizes the Torah uh, behind the Karban, really any mitzvah that you learn about in depth, and sometimes uh, when you learn by reading the specific text of the mitzvah, so that can serve as some form of a fulfillment of the mitzvah. And the, you will not find that in Parshas Vayikra. That you will find in Parshas Tzav. Parshas Tzav, which has the, not just the, the, um, the general command, but the specific command, Bishas Maiso. When you're about to actually do the karban, you're about to actually offer the karban, here's what you do. This is the detailed procedures. And if I can add an emphasis, I would say that if you look at Parshas Tzav, this which I, which I alluded to earlier, it says, Tzav says this, Moshe Rabbeinu is told specifically not to just command a general command to Klai Yisrael, which is what he did in Parshas Vayikra, but in Parshas Tzav, Moshe Rabbeinu is actually being told to command specifically Aaron and his sons. Why? Because when it comes to the actual procedure of the Karban, the only one that it's, uh, the only um, group of people that it's directly relevant to in terms of hands-on practical um, application of the rules that's for Aaron and his children. It's for the Kohanim who are going to, going to engage in the Avodah. So when we're talking about the practical, actual Karbanos, we are focusing on the role of the Kohanim in the offering of these Karbanos. So again, you've got to be paying close attention. Parsha Tzav is a Parsha where we really see if you're paying attention. You wonder, why, why are we hearing information that we heard already? Because if you get up to the Miluim, what you should be asking is, didn't the Chumash already describe the Miluim in Parshas Tetzaveh, and you look at Rashi there, Rashi says, yes. Rashi says, if you want to know what, what's happening in this little section of the Chumash, so says Rashi, look back and see what I said in Parshas Tetzaveh. And now it's just happening in real time. But says Rashi, just like he did in Vayakil and Bakute, oh, you want to understand what this part of the Big Day Kahuna is? Go back to Parshas Tetzaveh, where I described it. You want to understand what this part of the Mishkan is? Go back to Parshas Truma, where I already described it. So that, that's what we find in Parshas Tetzaveh. A lot of um, actualization of things, but also going more specific. Right? So Vayikra is the general tzivoy for the Ola and the Mincha, whereas Tzav is the procedure, the Torah's Ola, the Torah's Mincha. Now we spoke a little bit about the Trimus Adeshin, right? The, um, we have a special temple ritual for the, what we call the glorified maintenance work, but I, the, the idea that every Avodah starts off with a clearing of, of yesterday, 
Okay, a lot to be said there. Fine. There's um, there's, there, there's plenty to be said about the, how the Torah prohibits chametz on the mezbeach, and the carbon toda is an exception to that rule. Um, again, so much to be said, but you know, um, we don't have the time for that at this moment. But let's go back to whether or not we're paying attention, right? Again, because as I mentioned, this this is the parsha that separates, um, you know, those who are just taking cursory glance at the parsha and those, you know, the, those who are quote unquote davening the parsha, even though davening should never be where you're just reading something, but we refer to that as davening it. Are you davening the parsha? Are you paying attention? Are you learning the parsha? So going back to that, if you were paying even more attention to Parsha's Tzav and its seeming redundancy of that which is said in Parsha's Vayikra, you would have noticed something else. If you're paying even more attention to Parsha's Tzav, you might have noticed that the order of the Karbanos changed between Vayikra and Tzav. What? Yes. So let's, let's review. If you look back at Parsha's Vayikra, the same exact Karbanos, which the Torah repeats in Parshas Tzav. So in Vayikra, the order was as follows. Ola, Mincha, Shlomim, Chatas, Asham. Again, that's Ola, Mincha, Shlomim, Chatas, Asham. Now, you go to Parshas Tzav, our Parsha, and the order starts off the same. Ola, Mincha, but then Chatas, not Shlomim. We go to Chatas, then Asham, and then Shlomim. Shlomim, which was originally the third carbon discussed, now becomes the fifth carbon discussed. Shlomim is bumped down a couple. So, why did that happen? And but before that, did you catch that? You know, I don't even know if I caught it the first time, but the Ramban caught it. The Ramban caught it, and we have to you know, explain exactly why the order changed. And, yeah, like, you know, once you notice it, you can't unnotice it. But it's like, well, why did that happen? Why did the order change? So now that we're here, and now that it's been brought to our attention, whether or not we were paying attention before, now, Baruch Hashem, we're happy that, that, that we're, you know, we're, we're, we're awake and we're listening. So, the Ramban explains, you know, before we get to what the Ramban says, let's, let's think about it for ourselves. Now that we know a little bit about the differences between Vayikra and Sav, what is Vayikra about? What is Tzav about? Vayikra is an overview. Tzav is getting more specific about the actual procedure, the hands-on application. So this will actually be the, perhaps the starting point for the Ramban's explanation. So explains the Ramban. Vayikra, which features the Tzivoy, it goes in the order of Nedavos to Chovos. Nedavos, which we alluded to earlier, refers to voluntary, positive karbanos. It's the karban that out of the goodness of your heart, out of your goodwill, you want to offer that karban, you want to volunteer the karban. And in Vayikra, which is all conceptualization, which is the overview, which features, again, the general tzivoy, we go in the order of nedavos to chovos. Chovos are the obligatory karbanos. We might think of them as also the quote-unquote, negative karbanos. Um, not, not, they're not necessarily negative. They all have a positive outcome. But they're not always brought necessarily for um, reasons out of pure, pure goodwill. Now we get to Parshas Tzav, 
Tzav is describing, as we've said, the practical dinim, the practical laws. And says the Ramban, when it comes to the practical, when it's no longer conceptual, when it's not just about what's the lechatchila, the ideal, the best case scenario, says the Ramban, Parshas Tzav goes from what's Kadshe HaKadoshim, what we might refer to as strictly holy, right? When you go on your El Alfa, you get the strictly kosher. So here, what's Kadshe HaKadoshim, strictly holy? So we go from Kadshe HaKadoshim to Kadshem Kalim. Kadshem Kalim are the lenient, halachically edible karbanos. These are the karbanos that you're allowed to eat from. Now, when you consider it in that order, so the karban ola and the mincha and the karban, so, the, so the, the, the ola and the mincha, those are entirely consumed on the mizbeach, not by people, but on the, uh, you know, the, in the fire, on the mizbeach, um, given to Hashem to consume, as it were. But then, as we go down, we have the chatas and the asham, which are karbanos from which the Ben Yisrael himself does not get the cut. He does not eat from it. The Kohen gets to eat from it. It's a, it's a lower level of holiness, perhaps, than the Ola, but it's still holier than the Shlomim, which is able to be indulged in and is supposed to be indulged in by even the Baal, the one who is offering the Karban, the Ben Yisrael who is offering the Karban. And person who offers the shlamim is usually someone who is thanking Hashem for something, and specifically the Karban Toda, where a person's life was saved. Um, the Gemara in Barachos goes at length, and based on the parak in Tehillim, I believe it's Kuv Zayin in Tehillim, very interesting parak in its own right, but there are four individuals who are chayiv, the, 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 the Arba Tzrichim Lahodos, four people who are chayiv to thank Hashem, um, who were in harm's way, different examples of harm's way, or people who were in danger. And these are karbanos that people are allowed to eat from. And you see that there's naturally going to be a difference. Why would there be this difference? Because when we're talking about general overview and we're talking about general karbanos, so it's all in the theoretical. When it gets down to practice, people have to be aware of the differing levels of holiness, how different karbanos have to be treated due to their holiness. And... Sometimes also when it comes to the practical, we have to think about what our obligations are before we think about what, our, what, our, you know, what we would like to give with our goodwill. Right? This is something we spoke about when it came to um, the partios of, uh, for example, Truma on the one hand and Parshas Kisisa on the other. You might remember that Kisisa had a lot of Mishkan leftovers that we spoke about. And we quoted Ibn Ezra who explains that the different parts of the Mishkan that we find in Kisisa were not under the category of communal donations, that these were things that were obligatory, right? When it came to Truma, we actually found the Lushan of Nadiva slave. That's something that you can give out of the goodness of your heart. But all the things that we find in Kisisa were specifically um, demanded objects that had to be given from a specific um, person um, or specific individuals of Kleistral, or let's say the oil for, um, or rather the, 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 Machtas shekel and all the different all the different parts. There's certain things that there's no choice about it. You have to do it, and we're finding that that difference within the karbanos as well. There are karbanos that you offer from goodwill, and there are karbanos that you offer because you have to. And when you have to consider which karban do you offer in terms of 
the you know wh- when you want to versus your obligations. What do you have to do? So your obligations obviously come first. This might tie into something we spoke about in a previous podcast about Godel Hametzuvah Ve'Osa, that you know we, we focus more on that which you have to do um, as opposed to that which you would love to volunteer to do. Both are nice, but your obligations have to come first. That's how Ratzon Hashem functions. So it's becoming very clear how Parshas Tzav is a beautiful complementary Parsha to Parsha's Vayikra, a completion of Vayikra in a certain sense, but also, you know, bringing down to real life how Karbonos are meant to function in real time, something that Bezra Hashem, we should be able to be Zoha to be doing soon. So just to throw in just a couple of more ideas, one, um, you know, one, one question that we alluded to, really two questions that we alluded to, why exactly does the Torah discuss the Kohen sacrificial portions after discussing the Asham? And why does the Torah delineate all these other you know, uh, miscellaneous Karbanos rules, such as the Isser of eating Dam or Chelev, right after discussing the Shlomim? Because right, if you look in the order of the Karbanos, you're reading a Chumash. If you open a Chumash, you'll see right after the Karban Asham, before we get to the Karban Shlomim, the Chumash says, oh, and these are parts that go to the Kohen. And we don't find that um, you know, in other parts um, of Tzav. Also, right after Shlomim, before the Chumash segues into the, uh, the summary line that says, okay, and here's all the rules for the, for the Ola, the, the Mincha, the Chatas, the Asham, the Shlamim, before the Chumash does that, it gives us all these rules about not eating pigle, not eating a carbon that's Tameh, and, and um, not eating Chelev and Dam. So why do we find that right after the Shlamim? So it's very, very simple, honestly. Um, so going back to the Chatas and the Asham, so the, the Chumash delineates the Kohen's portion because the Chatas and the Asham are the special Karbanos which no other humans are allowed to consume, only the Kohen. So it's very important that by, right after the Asham, so we just had the Chathas and then the Asham, the Chumash says, okay, these are parts that go to the Kohen. Now, in terms of the Karban Shlamim, this actually complements the Chathas and the Asham really well, because the Shlamim has all the general rules of consuming a Karban right after, because the Shlamim is the Karban that anyone can partake of, even regular, you know, Zarim, B'nai Yisrael. B'nai Yisrael can partake of the Shlomim. Therefore, right after we talk about the Shlomim, which is the carbon that is typically eaten by everyone, so that carbon we need right after to teach the rules of how to eat the carbon properly. What parts can you eat? What parts can't you eat? So it, it ends up making so, a lot of sense. And then, of course, again, the Chumash ends Parshas Tzav with the fulfillment of the Yemei Miluim. And... With the Yemei Milua, Moshe Rabbeinu serves in a certain sense as the Kohen Gadol that one week. And he is the one who, who um, inducts Aaron and his children formally into the Kahuna, into their Avoda. And it's that Avoda and this, this, this induction that we're going to see in, in, its, in its completion and, what, and all the different things that go down um, the, the, you know, an ominous story to come next time we meet at Parsha Panorama, which is not going to be till after Pesach, the Ezra Hashem, but that'll take place when we get to Parsha Shmini, when we learn a little bit about what went wrong, and then we're going to segue into a whole different kind of halacha, and we'll have to try to understand Parsha Shmini, where the narrative in 
in Chumash ends for a long time. We don't get any more narrative, right? Because um, right now we're just doing laws, but really these laws are the continuation of the Mishkan's completion, right? But after that, we're going to go back into narrative for a short bit to complete the inauguration of the Kohanim. We'll see what goes wrong. And then the Chumash is going to segue back into laws. What is the nature of that transition? Back to narrative and then back to laws and all the things that those laws talk about. You'll find out all here on Parsha Panorama. But in the meantime, you have something to work with for, for this Shabbos. Besides for all of the Pesach preparations, you have a panoramic view of Parsha Tzav. Thanks for joining us here at the database. Have an absolutely wonderful week and a Chag Kasher